This episode of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands was recorded on the land of the Gadigal-Wongo people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present, and we acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded, and this always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. Hey, it's David James Young for another week of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. Did you miss me? I know it's been a hot minute since you've heard from me. I've been extremely busy with a bunch of other projects at the moment, so haven't been giving bar bands my full attention, and for that I apologise. But uh, I am absolutely intending to make up for lost time uh, with the rest of the month and indeed the coming months after that. Going to try my best to get this thing back on track. And we're going to do it today with an episode with a couple of the guys from Red City Radio. Red City Radio are a melodic punk band from Oklahoma City. Boomer sooner. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they toured Australia for the first time in January, uh, doing a co-headlining run with No Trigger. I got to see them do a headlining show at the Chippo in, well, Chippendale, as the, as the title would suggest. Uh, we had a chat with Garrett, uh, who's the band's lead singer, and also with the band's drummer, Dallas. Did know these guys from a bar of soap. We went into this one with, uh, yeah, next to no idea of one another. And uh, I think we hit it off pretty quickly. They were just very warm and very receptive guys. And, uh, you know, had some really great stuff to say about, uh, you know, coming through in their various scenes. And, you know, coming from a very unique perspective of uh, coming from Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plains. So, <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. Uh yeah, big, big, big thank you to Brock Devlin and Joe Weimer from Blood, Sweat and Beers uh, for helping to set this up and indeed helping to set the whole tour up uh, and for making this one happen. Uh, I always love doing these kind of blind date podcasts where, you know, we don't really know one another and we get into it and we see what we can make out of it. And uh, I had a really, really good time with this one. The only thing I will say is that there are some minor audio issues in this one, uh, just on my end, literally on my end. You can hear Garrett and Dallas perfectly fine through the whole thing, um, but my voice is a little bit quieter. I had put it, uh, like, towards them just because I'm used to being quite loud and the guests usually not, whereas these two guys were as loud and as rambunctious as you would expect, and so... Yeah, <laughs> I definitely should have kind of evened it out a little bit more, but uh, yeah, you can make out the questions generally, it's just a touch hard to hear, but uh, I want to thank, as always, my incredible engineer, Adam Buncher, for helping out to get this to the best possible quality. It's not perfect, but as always, fuck off, it's free. <laughs> And yeah, like I said, it's a really fun one, and uh, I hope that you enjoy it. 
If you want to get in touch, barbandspod at gmail.com, where you can uh, get in touch regarding a particular episode, or maybe you are interested in uh, maybe work in management, or you want to uh, have a guest on, or you would like to set up uh, some sort of advertisement, or anything that we can uh, work with or run. Uh, Like I I always say, All My Friends Are In Bar Bands is open for business, and we would love to hear from you, barbandspod at gmail.com. Com. Also on Twitter and Facebook at BarbandsPod, B-A-R-B-A-N-D-S-P-O-D. If you like what you hear, you can help to spread the word, uh, rating, reviewing, and subscribing, uh, giving us a rating over at Apple Podcasts, uh, and subscribing wherever you may get your podcasts from. And if you want to go the extra couple of kilometers and support the podcast financially, you can do so by heading over to Patreon. I have a personal Patreon page, which uh, backs all the various projects that I do, not just bar bands, but also my podcast, Hottest 100s and Thousands, uh, and my freelance writing work, uh, and playlist curation, and my music, as Nothing Rhymes with David, and a bunch of other stuff, and... uh, There are a bunch of perks and a bunch of bonus content, stuff that I'm working on right now that I'm going to get up uh, during the week, and uh, you'll definitely be seeing more of that if you are one of the legendary patrons. And of course, because this is the first episode of the month, I have to give a bit of love to the absolute legend keeping the lights on over at Barbands slash DJYHQ. So a huge, huge thank you to Amy Gray, Blake Hennequin, Chris Bowden, Eleanor Shepard, Elliot J. O'Neill, Eloise Young, Heath Anthony, Jeremy Dillon, the legendary Jeremy Dillon, who is the most recent uh, addition to the Patreon family. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Massively, massively appreciate it. Jeremy Neal, Jonathan Elvery, Liam Sherlaw, Matthew Lynch, Nick McCorriston, Paddy Abelos, C.N. Vanipkudi, and Tanya Taylor. If you'd like to join that list of absolute dead set legends, you can do so for as little as $1 a month. No kidding, $1 a month. And you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash David James Young. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash David James Young. All right, thank you again so much for listening. It's great to be back, and I promise it won't be another three or so weeks before you hear from me again. Let's get into it right now with Garrett and Dallas from Red City Radio. They're only rebels because they like the songs, and I'm sure that it won't take them long. Before they all talk the shit and go home, because they're only rebels because they like the songs. They're only rebels because they like Hi everyone, I'm David James Young and all my friends are Bob Bands. Today I'd like to introduce you to my friends, Red City Radio. Hi everybody. Please introduce yourselves. My name is Garrett Dale, I'm the singer and guitar player of Red City Radio and the handsome one. Uh, my name is Dallas Tidwell. I am the drummer, and I sing the high parts. What I'm doing, I just have, I just have high parts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Garrett's, Garrett's just high. 
What, what's your role in the band? Are you the quiet one? Are you the sensitive one? Are you oh. the funny one? We're all sensitive. Yeah, we're all... Man, I don't know. I have no idea. I, oh, it's sick, hard to, the sick one, Curly. Yeah, Curly, I'm the sick one. Uh, that, that's been my role so far this tour. Staying in bed is what I do best uh, right now. Well, thank you for surviving that to have a chat with us, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. We're, I'm actually on the back end. I'm feeling much better now. Oh, that's so. good. You went to a doctor. You got like a inhaler? Yeah, they gave me an inhaler and I got like steroids and uh, amoxicillin. Yeah, nobody fucking parties like us, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> we, we party till we die. Huge. Look out. Look out. It is Thursday afternoon. We're at the Chippo Hotel in Sydney, Australia. And Red City Radio are here on their first ever tour of Australia. Yeah. Have you found it so far, guys? Hot. Yes. Hot and beautiful, man. Just like us. <laughs> we're, nat- we're natural here, man. Oh, man. We've been taking in some of the sights. We've been enjoying the culture, enjoying the food, enjoying the people, enjoying the beer. A lot of really good beer in Australia, really. Yeah. As we just Shout out to Willie the Boatman yeah, for, uh, for making our tour make beers. Your own beer, yeah. <laughs> is that is that a is that a career first? Getting your own beer. It's actually, I I hate to like, I don't know. I don't I don't want to take the wind out of Willie the Boatman's sails, but it's the third time that we've had a beer made. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We so back in the states, Ratio Brewery made a beer for us, and then somewhere in, in Europe, England. in England, yeah. it was the. Uh, Drummer for the business's bar. Oh yeah, that's you right. That? Yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. really nice guy. Remember that bit of the business? A good like punk band from England. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's cool. So yeah, people like to make us beer apparently. <laughs> all and all of them have been. It's great. It's all, yeah, really. yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, this pale I'm drinking right now is okay, but Red City Radio beers. That's that's, that's what's up. Yeah. <laughs> if you can find one, drink it. Yes. <laughs> While driving. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are role models, what can I say? Yeah, we're here for the children. <laughs> we're definitely model rollers. Yes, indeed. <laughs> indeed. So this, uh, this whole operation was uh, set up by uh, different shows from Devlin. How did you guys first come to the I guess he came up to me at Fest when I was pretty wasted. I was like, you should come to Australia. And I was like, sure. <laughs> and then forgot. <laughs> and then he, he got a hold of uh, Ryan Donovan, our guitar player, and they started talking and made it happen. Yep. Yeah. This, this was pretty much uh, he and Ryan's baby. They're the Absolutely. Ones that set all this up. Brock, uh, Brock's been trying for quite a while to bring Red City here, and we're so glad that it all worked out, and we're very glad to be here. Yeah, Big support to Brock and uh, Tears and Beers production. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, and yes, indeed, the whole tour has been with uh, the Trigger. Uh, have you guys done much with those guys in the past? Oh, ne- never, right? To, no, we haven't ever. Like, we've like crossed paths a few times, like at Fast and shit like that, but we've yeah. never... The Am sick- I allowed to curse? Is that a thing? Yeah, we can do that, right? I've, podcast, I've been. Right? Okay. We're in Australia, right? Yeah, that's true. Everybody curses here. Yeah, Even moms. Uh, tell them, you should tell them the, your no trigger story. Yeah, I was uh, at Fest this year, and uh, the fan gave us some uh, some rice krispie treats that had weed, or not weed, but had mushroom chocolate on them. Oh, wow. And I was walking to the fest, um, enjoying myself. And the singer of No Trigger, Tom, was like, hey, my name's Tom, I'm a No Trigger, we're going to go to Australia together. And I said, eat this. And I just gave it to him, and he looked at it, and he ate it. And I knew for a fact that we were going to have a great time together. <laughs> the family does that of us together, stays together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, there's. I'm not saying you should do drugs. I'm just saying that uh, 
If someone offers you drugs, do them. Do them. <laughs> I think that's a good attitude to have. Yeah. So I think in these by tracing back the initial interest in music, specifically where it changed from being something where maybe you were listening on the radio or watching TV or something like that to like a switch on where it was like, I want to sing, I want to play the instrument, I want to be in the band. It's like, uh, can you tell us about how like music kind of factored into like your childhood and growing up and if there was that kind of moment where like you saw something or you heard something, like that's what I want to do. I my story is not as entertaining as I'm sure Dallas's is because honestly I I've never wanted to do anything else. This is yeah. exactly what I've wanted to do since I was a child. I've loved music. I've listened to music. If I if I didn't know how to play guitar, I would be driving. I'd be doing something. Yeah. I would definitely be a part of this lifestyle. I I just truly really love it, and I can uh, I can't remember when I started loving it. Give a shout out to my parents for for liking music. Right. And not truly like like going way into it. So they had you know Queen CDs and George Strait CDs, and my um, dad was a Willie Nelson fan, and you know just just music in general. I loved it all from rock, rap to uh, uh, even stuff. I'm sure I'm probably embarrassed to tell you right now. I can't even tell you, but it's just always been a part of me. Dallas is from a small town though, so it's a little different from this guy. Like well, and it's kind of the same. The first time I remember thinking I want to be a drummer, I saw a, an interview with Max Weinberg on Good Morning America. Killer. Wow. And I was Hell just yeah. like, Very yeah, cool. and I was just like, I want to be that guy. Totally. And and then uh, I found uh, a Kiss Destroyer record that belonged to my brother underneath his bed, and I was just like, holy shit, what the fuck is this? Yeah. So then I spent, like, from age 8 to 12 pretending I was in Kiss and just, like, playing what I called concert, you know, all the time, yeah, like, yeah, pretending yeah. like I was in a band. And then uh, one day I saw Green Day was going to be on David Letterman, but uh, it was a school night or whatever, so yeah, I, I, I taped it on my VHS, which is not something that exists anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how old I am. And uh, the next day at lunch, my lunch break at school, I came home and watched it, and they played Basket Case, and I was just like, holy fuck. And that's the first time that I went, oh, punk rock is something that's attainable for me. Like, you know, it's not these bands with this insane production. It's like, I can write these songs. I can do this. And that was sort of my foot in the door to becoming an, you know, an actual musician. And again, like, like Garrett, shout out to my mom for buying me my not only my first but my second drum set and putting up with the noise and always encouraging me and and yeah, always putting up with me just being loud and obnoxious. I like to say um, I give my parents credit for being supportive and just not supportive enough. Right. <laughs> They were absolutely supportive to the point that I, I, I wished, I'm like, you know, they probably didn't plan on this, obviously, yeah, but yeah, yeah. they were just not supportive enough for me to really choose this to be a, my yeah. lifestyle. <laughs> and I will always appreciate them for that. When did you guys grow up? I'm assuming in like, different parts of the country. Yes. I'm an Air Force brat, so yeah. I was born in America, and then I lived in Spain, I lived in England, and then I was brought to Oklahoma. Midwest City, Oklahoma City, or Midwest City, Oklahoma, in like a month after the Merle bomb. Yeah, right. So, and I've been there roughly like ever since moving around parts of Oklahoma. Very small town. But I was raised traveling, meeting new friends, and you know, it's just a little easier for me to wake up on a floor, I reckon. Yeah. You know. I grew up. I grew up in an, uh, an incredibly uh, isolated small town in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska. Uh, a little town called Imperial. It was like 2,000 people. It, there are no stoplights. 
uh, like it was an hour drive to the nearest Walmart. It was like, uh, yeah, yeah, just like fields as far as, you know, when you think of the middle of nowhere, this is, that's where I grew up. I grew up in the 1950s, essentially. We didn't have MTV, like everybody in town knew who you were. So, like, I could ride my bike anywhere at any time, and everybody was kind of watching over us. That yeah, kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. At the time, I hated it. Now I look back, and I'm really happy that I had that childhood. Sure. I can imagine, like, kids traveling around and not being able to have any kind of consistent, you know, friendships or anything like that, or, you know, just living in that isolated community. Like, having music can be a real lifeline of those sort of situations, you know, where it's just like this is all you've got, you know, just like having a couple of CDs and, and stuff like that, that can be your... Yeah, dude. Accompaniment Absolutely. Through, through well, everything. And living in that small town gave me the drive to travel and want to do something like this. I was like, you know, my mom always did a good job of, you know, letting me know that there was a big world out there and it wasn't just this small town. And, uh, and yeah. Which is I'm, very, very important for people to know. Yeah. There are so many people, whether it be mentally, physically, or emotionally can't get out of their neighborhoods, can't get out of their small areas, and you see a lot of people voting like that, and you see a lot of people acting like that, like they haven't, that they're not aware that there are other people that have feelings and 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 voices, and, and I always, I absolutely like suggest everyone take a Take a deep breath, and maybe plan a trip, and go see what the other world, the side of the world is yeah, like. You know man, what I mean? Go, get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Just traveling and being—I mean, being in a band—that's one amazing thing that we truly cherish. And one of the most incredible parts from that is being able to travel and be in an amazing place like Australia. And uh, the people we've met on this trip alone, and the experiences that we've had on this trip alone, I'll remember for the rest of my life. Yeah, absolutely. And we're already excited to come back. And being able to come to these places only gives us fuel to go to more places that we've never been. Like Japan, Hawaii, which we're doing at the end of this tour. Hopefully soon South America. Hopefully soon not Antarctica. (laughs) (laughs) Or or Chicago right now. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, although right now Antarctica sounds kind of nice because it's real goddamn hot. It is so hot here. (laughs) But we've played Russia. We've played Spain. We've played some pretty crazy places. And... We're in no signs of stopping or slowing down. Perfect. When was the first time you both formed the label for the first time? How old were you? Man, I gotta think for a second. Well, it depends. Are we talking about talent shows? We can absolutely. Because I rapped. I rapped. What? Gangsters. Oh, yeah. I rapped Gangsters Paradise by uh, the Sugar Hill Gang in my third grade class. Wait, Rapper's Paradise or Gangsters Paradise? Uh, oh, my bad, my bad. They, even though Gangster's Paradise did come out very much that year, it was it was uh, the hip. Hip hop, you don't stop the rocket to the bang bang boogie. Say, I'm jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to beat. I wore a Surge t shirt and I rapped that in front of my whole school in the third grade. And I was maybe. I'm not entirely sure, but I think that might have been the first time I ever like performed it. That's pretty sick. I love that. That is pretty cool. Mine's nowhere near as cool as that. The first time I ever actually remember playing in front of people, like outside of my own house, there was a group of older musicians who had like, you know, uh, one of them, his claim to fame, he was a drummer. He had 
his band opened for Guns N' Roses at the Roxy in the 80s or whatever. Yeah, like, right. and somehow... Fuck yeah! Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so, like, it's a group of gnarly old, you Still know... cool! Yeah, gnarly old Still dudes cool. like that. One of the guitar players' name was Dennis Sailors. Like, oh my you God, know, shit it. like that. So, they got together at a VFW hall one day, and they were just jamming on covers, like Creedence covers and shit like that. And I was the only dude in town who had, like, a legit drum set, and I was, like, 11. They were like, hey, let's call that kid up. I hear he's got a drum set. So I went and set my shit up, and they let me play like three songs with them, and then they jammed the rest of the day. That's the first time I ever remember playing in front of people. Fuck, I don't know. I don't remember, man. I was just like, holy shit, I'm doing it. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, and it was amazing. It was the best feeling in the world. That's so sick. Yeah. So are you guys playing through bands in high school and all that sort of stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I, I was in bands and trying to play music and try to do music pretty much my entire life since then. Yeah. And the band I was in before Red City Radio... When I was in high school, we got lucky enough to open up at, uh, for Rise Against at the Green Door. Sick. Right? And it was on the Sing Sirens tour. And Dallas here actually made the poster for that, that show before we yeah. ever met. But Yeah, but we, we didn't know each other at all. And me and a couple of buddies had a, like, a little poster printing business out of my garage that we would print poster, like screen print posters for bands that came through. And yeah, we did a poster for, for Garrett's show with Rise Against. God, who knows what that is now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used to have so many stuff, so much stuff, you know. I'm sure I've got one somewhere. Alright, it'll be in the archives. Yeah, yeah. So what was that band called? MWR. What does that stand for? I think it was like Midwest Revolution. Midwest oh. Rebellion? I think it was Midwest Some, uh, Rebellion, yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was a cool name. I liked it. It was cool. You were singing that band? I was singing that band. It was, it was faster. We would have definitely opened up for like Pennywise. You know? <laughs> but we love Metallica, so there's a lot of riffs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I heard, uh, I was getting a little tired of being in that band, you know, being from Oklahoma. For example, I don't want to, like, be a jerk to anybody, but there's some, some good bands, there's some people that are really trying to, like, figure out something. But as of right now, there's not a band in Oklahoma of our, any kind of genre that is, like, touring or yeah, right. recording or really making, like, a big effort to do that. They're really, I mean, back in the day, there kind of was, but it still just never really passed that, like, that hump, you know? Like, yeah. there's the weekend gigs, there's the week-long tours, and the bands are just kind of split up and don't really do anything. And my members were, like, graduating high school, and I, I didn't want to go to college. I didn't want to do shit, you know? And I was on a message board, and I saw a band called Red City Radio needed a guitar player, and I answered when I was 18 years old, all these fucking old fogies. And I got the spot. I joined the band a week before my 19th birthday, a week before my high school graduation. Wow. Yeah, I dropped yeah, out. Of, I was in college for a little bit. I didn't, like, drop out to tour all the time. Because yeah, we didn't yeah, tour, yeah. like, all the time. I definitely dropped out of college to, to be in this band. <laughs> <laughs> definitely dropped out of college to play music. And every time we do something incredible and something that I just know I'm going to remember forever, I tend to say it out loud. Yeah. Hey, I'm called Dropout, everybody. Nice to be here on the top of the world. <laughs> I remember the day that, we, like, it was like, hey, Garrett, you're in the band. I gave him a little speech about it. I was like, dude, I'm 27, man. This band's my last chance to do anything, like, that means anything kind of deal. You know what I mean? 13 years ago. Yeah, dude. I'm 40. I turned 40 this year. <laughs> you believe that shit? I'm an old-ass man. I turned 32. That. Yeah, man. Uh, shit is what it is. <laughs> so what bands are you doing before it's in here? Uh, 
nothing that matters. Uh, I had a little band called... That's not fair. Everything matters. Well, fair, fair. I had a band called Mayday Malone. That I liked. I yeah. saw Mayday Malone. Yeah. I, I was the singer-guitar player for that band, and we yeah. were like your, your average, like, sort of pop-punk, you know, I don't know, wanna-be fat band kind of deal. Yeah, uh, sure. And it was fun, and it taught me a lot of lessons, uh, and then, uh, you know, it kind of went the way that, that a lot of bands go, and just fizzled out, and... Now I'm in Australia. What's crazy is that Dallas played guitar and sang and didn't want to be a drummer anymore. Yeah, and then he was like, all right, fuck it, I'll be a drummer for Red City Radio. And then here he is, the only you know, the only yeah. founding member of the band. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I... When I yeah, go on. Oh, I was going to say, when I joined this band, I hadn't touched drums in like five years or whatever, when I started this band, or when I helped start this band, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah. So you two have different first Red City Radio shows. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah. Years apart. So what was the first one? The first one for me was in the, the high-low. It was in the, it in was the, first, the first one, right? One. Yeah, it was at the high-low, and our bass player at the time, a kid named Justin Porterfield, real nice guy, but he was very, un, like, he was very nervous on stage. And what made this show even better is this, like... Is it the old lady? The old lady. This, <laughs> like, 60-year-old, smoky old broad who had just, like, smoked her life. You know, she probably talked like this yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. She was wasted. And she got up on stage and was just, like, dancing up on Justin Porterfield, just, like, rubbing her butt on him and, you know, that kind of deal. And he was so uncomfortable. And so, like, he just deer in headlights. Didn't know what to do with this lady. And there were, like, five other people there. <laughs> that was a bar in Oklahoma City that's still operating today. And, you know, we, we actually Ryan's first show with the band was a secret show at the Hilo. It fits like seventy people. It used to be a gay bar. Now it's a stray bar. You know, stray. yeah, stray oh, bar, yeah, man. I like that. Stray gay and also strays. Yeah, Just exactly. People. It's a neighborhood bar, you know, but um, not for the uh, assholes aren't welcome. Yeah. You know, <laughs> only the regular assholes. Yeah. So what, when was your first? My first Red Sea radio show was at a place called VZDs for our friend Randy Lee's birthday party. And it was, um, I mean, Randy's birthday's in the summer, so it had to have been like a month, like after um, I joined. And I didn't sing, but I think I may add a microphone. I, I, I like saying backups like in a song yeah 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 you know and I had way more fun doing that than I did being like the front man of the band it's kind of hilarious that I ended up being the front man of this band like years ago <laughs> so I was like hell yeah I get to just play guitar oh cool yeah, yeah, yeah. But the music that uh, Ryan Healy and Paul Pinley were writing back then were was was very different from what um, we're used to in Oklahoma it was fucking awesome yeah and uh, very fortunate that they got together and it was just cool, and it evolved. I didn't want to sing when I joined it, when we started this band. I didn't want to sing at all, and they were just like, dude, stop being a pussy and sing. And, and the band was completely different. Very, I mean, oh, like, yeah, very different. like, from what we are today, it's not even, like, really in the same realm. But I absolutely give credit and attest uh, the writing style of Ryan and Paul to open my eyes to something fucking different. And I absolutely love that. And I remember started writing songs with Paul. It was... It was awesome. It was it was awesome to be able to write something a little different, a little bit more something a little bit more organic. You know, coming from a young guy who loves music so much to really like, you know, like write music without like thinking about people moshing. You know what I mean? Like writing music just purely to write, like doing stuff like that. And it was awesome. It was, it was super cool. It, it taught me a lot and. 
Yeah. Fucking 13 years later, man. Big change. What's the first time you guys went out tour together? First tour. I mean, it was like uh, a couple months after that. Like, because Red City never toured before that. Yeah, Just right. local shows. And our first show ever was at Oliver's Pub in Nebraska. Omaha, Nebraska. This is our first tour show. Not our first show ever, but like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. First show out of state was at Oliver's Pub in, in, in Omaha. And the next day was at a house show in Lincoln at your yep, buddy's house. Yep, I remember that. And the cops came... Oh, yeah. Yes, they do. Yeah, and I was underage. I, I was drinking at both these places underage like a motherfucker, yeah. Honestly, I was underage for the... I mean, I joined when I was 19. Yeah. I was underage for the first three years of being in the band. I forgot that's underage Yeah, so I, I didn't get carded for the first three years of being in Red City Radio. But he's got this voice, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he could grow a beard then, too. I, I mean, I didn't look a, very much different. No, you, he pretty much... Some people exactly. say I look a little younger now. Yeah, I think you do. I think you do. <laughs> I'm definitely more full of, like, youth than I was when I was there. Oh, man, I feel like shit back then, you know? Like, I ate a lot shittier. I did a lot of shittier stuff to my body, and I sure as fuck wasn't as happy, you know? That's that's what keeps you young, being, being happy. Isn't that right? I think so. <laughs> Willie Nelson seems to know what's up. Yeah, he drinks a lot of water, I'm told. Water keeps you young, I guess. But it's sure as fucking boring to drink. <laughs> Willie Nelson needs some Red City right now. Oh, yeah. We, don't want to, we do not want to kill Willie Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want that response. My, my first concert ever was actually a Willie Nelson concert. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was, like, I was six. Yeah, like, uh, obviously now that you guys have, like you mentioned, you've been doing this for a while and you've been touring for a while and, like, I guess when you're starting it, like, when you're starting as musicians growing up as a kid, you know, like, there's this classic idea of, like, making it, you know, like, having one particular moment or instance or any any point along the line where it's, like, something you dream of doing when you're growing up and then, you know, eventually at some point a lot of those MRs get to, you know, achieve that and, like, you know, it's kind of an arbitrary thing, but do you feel like there is in any particular moment for you guys where you couldn't have imagined doing what you were doing at that point when you were starting. I made my parents proud of me for dropping out of college. Hey, that's something. Yeah, man. It's uh, insanely difficult <laughs> to make your parents proud of you for do- for not listening to them. You know, and following your dreams. Uh, I'll tell you what, I got a song about it on my on a solo EP that I released uh, called Two T's. And, and the song's called Rabbit Hole. And there's a part where it's like, you know, the the meaning is like, well, the people who love you the most don't want you to struggle. But unfortunately, to do things that are great requires struggle. Yeah. It requires pressure. It requires for you to learn. Yeah. And to go down those types of paths and to come back smiling and full of life and love is a hard thing to do. But I absolutely, I absolutely hope and wish for everyone to feel that good. Sure. To watch their parents dance to their music. Yeah. It's <laughs> can you think of anything particular that's really stood out to you? Man, like, honestly, there you know, there's a million moments every tour where I just go, what, it, you know, like, is this my life? How did this happen? How did we get here? This is amazing. Uh, but there, there is one moment that sticks out where I went, yeah, you know, this is cool. We, it was, it was, I don't know, three years ago when we were on tour, we strung out, um, and we're playing at the Ogden Theater in Denver. Yeah. And my stepbrother, who was one of my big 
musical influences growing up. Like yeah. he was a big Kiss fan in ACDC, and he introduced me to a lot of really cool music at the time. Um, and we and we grew up just really loving music together and, and watching all these old like hair metal videos and like tour uh, fucking documentaries and shit like that on Molly Crew, all that stuff. So we're playing this show and we're standing like side stage in this rad theater and he just looks at me and he goes, dude, you're doing what we always dreamed of. You're actually fucking doing it. And I was yeah. like, thank you, man. Like that was the moment where it was just like, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm incredibly lucky. I'm like... Yeah, it's, it's fucking crazy, man. Yeah, dude, like it's nuts. It doesn't like I don't want to say it doesn't matter because I I am a firm believer that everything matters. Like for example, like nothing matters. Like don't stress. Like nothing really matters when it We're comes all to that die. level. We're all gonna die. So, and you, you can think yeah. of it like that, but I think everything matters. Now I don't mean it to like stress you out. Like oh shit, that thing you didn't turn in matters in that year. You should be stressed out about. It. I'm saying that like when you you open the door for somebody. Yeah. Or ask somebody how their day's going, they're not doing real well. It, it really fucking matters. It does matter. It matters. Absolutely. Yeah. Kindness the, counts. The, and the breeze matters. All, all I ever needed was the breeze. You know what I mean? Like, it matters. You can call it nothing, but it matters. And I had the same similar thing. My brother, like, you know, was, is, who older than me, he was fucking 6'3", Abercrombie model, mind you. He is, a, he is incredibly handsome. He's a gorgeous man. And he started playing guitar before me, and he's always the guy, you know, I try to, music was the only thing I was better than him at, and so he quit playing, you know? And he, like, just to have that is more important than a number. It's yeah. more important than a payout. It's more important than a, than a merch count. It's more important than a fucking loadout, loaded, whatever. It's more important. Yeah. Bam, family first, 100%. All right, gentlemen, we'll wrap it up here, but before we do that, all of my guests, now it's your turn. I want to know about the best and worst shows that I've ever played. Oh, shit. Well, one of us has to go best, and one of us has to go worst, right? Is that what we're doing? Since there's two of us, or do we have to... You can go both. Like, I don't know, yeah, man. I, I, I love... It's always interesting, because... There's often a disagreement within the same band. It's just like, these shows suck. These shows suck. Well, to be fair, with Red City Radio, man, especially with Dallas and I, like, we, we're big lovers, man, and there are a lot of best shows. Sure. Yeah, there's actually quite a bit of worse shows, too. Oh, so sure, it's like, yeah, we, yeah. Can, we can go on about our opinion about which one's the best and worst, but I don't know. Which one do you want? You want man, worst or best? I, fuck, I don't know. I When it comes to worst, I'm thinking, like, because honestly, we really try to forget this shit. Oh sure. Like there are days, there are many days that I don't have rattling around in my brain. <laughs> but once we played in um, after Riot Fest, that one show we played in fucking uh, Milwaukee, we played at oh yeah, where the guy fell asleep. Dude, two people fell asleep. <laughs> the girls peed in our van and started like stomping on my pedals during the show, and I'd be like, "Please stop, lady." And then there was the. The fucking laser tag place. Oh, laser tag place is probably like I told that I was like I will pay our guarantee out of my pocket to all of you if we don't have to play this show tonight. Oh wow! Because it was there was like it was like the only cool thing that happened tonight is the opening band that were all teenagers. Where the freaks at? Was on the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, Okay, this is pretty sick. Right, that's cool. That's cool. But yeah, the because we band. were forced to watch all the bands. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, one time we were having a drink in in uh, Orlando before the fest, and there was a great show happening like down the street, and we yeah. just didn't get on that show, and we were playing a shitty show. 
with a guy who we didn't know at the time named Joey Briggs, who's our new fucking, he was our fast friend after that. Love you, Joey. Love you, Joey. But we were playing a show where we were drinking across the street, and the opening band came over and was like, hey, will you come watch us? And we're like, sure. And they're like, we're about to go on. We're like, yeah, sure. And they're like, we're not going to go on until you come over. And we're like, what? That's weird. So we come over there, we walk over, they're all waiting for us to come back. And then they started playing. I totally forgot about that. That's intense. Then Joey got so drunk that he couldn't drive, so we ended up driving him to Florida and putting him in our hotel room. He woke up and was, where the fuck am I? We're, yeah. like, We're Red City Radio, dude. Our friend B-Rez ended up driving back with him. Like, yeah. And then he stayed at my hotel all weekend at fest, dude. And now we're, now we're friends. Oh, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, best show, worst show, buddy. We're just excited to play shows, to be honest with you. Best show is tonight. Yeah, man. Well, that's man, that, ain't, that ain't true. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't playing that good. Hey, Tom will tell, man. That's, that's, my, that's my classic Paul Stanley, like, sell the stick. The, right. the best show's tonight! But really, what's the best show? Is it how you perform so well? Is it audience participation? Is it how much money you fucking made? Like, what's, what is it? Because I've been unhappy playing big shows. And I've been very happy playing in front of nobody. So, like, it really just all depends. Yeah. Best shows are frequent. Oh, gentlemen, do you have anything that you would like to spur the old plug? I'd like to plug Garrett. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. Little, little, little oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just no. been waiting 13 years to say that. Answer's wow. Out. Uh, plug, man. I'll just say what's up to, to Brock for bringing us over here. Thank you so much. Uh, blood, sweat, and beers, promotions, fucking whatever you do, we support you, buddy. Uh, Joe, she's been wonderful taking care of us on this tour. We, we love you, Joe. Thank you so much. Yeah, Willie the Bowman for making the beers, for making that happen. Ryan Donovan for setting up these trips. They also go to um, Japan and Hawaii. The Australian government for not noticing who exactly we were and letting us come into this country. And uh, honestly, a big, big, big thank you to, well, to American Weed, because you guys have some bullshit out here. Oh, my God. It's weird. The weed is weird. For it's sure. just bad, buddy. Where do you guys grow this shit from? You know? Greenhouses usually, like, yeah. This is not really much of an environment for it because the weather is so hot and fucked all the time, so we don't really have anything consistent to work with. Well, even though it's garbage. We appreciate the garbage. Yeah, keep bringing the garbage. <laughs> Bring as much garbage, garbage as you can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. Massively thank you. appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm David Jamesong, and all my friends. Are